if we're running laps or if we're running one tens or we're conditioning and I'm beating you and your 40 time is four, four, then I know you're going half ass. So I would call them out. I would call them out in front of everybody. Welcome to Sugar Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer, Rashad Evans, and Mike Slavin. I'm your host, Dale Jolly. We're all part of Umbo, a functional mushroom company, and we've decided to come together and share meaningful stories to get you thinking. Stories about sports, the future of athletic performance, and pretty much whatever we want to talk about. So welcome, guys. Appreciate you uh, jumping on once again. How y'all doing this morning? Good, good, real good, real good. Yes. Feeling good? Life is good. Good, good. Good, good, good. Life is good. That's, that's, that's a pretty damn good uh, statement. Well, everybody, as you all know, we kind of do these quick episodes, perfect for listening in, in your car on your way to work or on your way home from work, trying to do some short, fun stuff to uh, get you thinking, get some uh, takes from the snake and sugar. It's uh, been a lot of fun. I think this is episode six or seven, and uh, we're just kind of tearing through it. And as you know, there's a, a theme where we ask Jake and Rashad some questions and we get their takes. And then we do some trivia, which uh, a little neck and neck between snake and I right now, I think. Mm-hmm. We'll have to, uh, we're going to have to get a running tally for the next episode for sure. And then we take audience questions. So, you guys got some questions for sugar or snake send them in we'll send out some free umbo products get your brain working get some uh mushrooms in your system so send those questions and you could dm jake or rashad or the get umbo page on instagram and uh we are serving up some really fun good questions so so so, Dale, if I'm if if I win with the point total here, are we going to have like a, after episode ten the, the grand total tally? Like, can I get a free umbo bar for being in the league? What's up with that? Well, first and foremost, you're not going to have to worry about that because you're not going to win. So, uh, oh, we'll talk okay. about later. But uh, yeah, we got to figure out how to go about it. We got to figure out a running total, and then you know, I don't know. After every ten episodes, we declare a. a champion or we got to go into the super bowl what do you think mike i you know one thing's for sure we need a championship belt so we, we need to figure out how to get our hands on that yeah. but uh but yeah as of as of last episode you know if we're if we're talking regular season and the first few episodes were warm up because we had those hiccups you know that that did happen there was a few uh i think dell had a gimme question and 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 jake did as well but um but yeah we've got you know, you dealt with the Charles Barkley, or no, no, I can't even, I got them all confused. John Daly. John Daly. You got John Daly, yeah. and, and Jake got uh, the Charles Barkley question. But, uh, and Rashad missed Usain Bolt, unfortunately. But Rashad is going to, he's going to come back strong this round. I can feel this it. This is it. This is it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't get a give me. I had an assist from my homie Rashad. I, Rashad, the very first one, he gave me a fat assist. So. All right, well, we're in the regular season now. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll have to get a little structure around it, but it's kind of a whose line is it anyway. We're just going with the flow, having fun. So 
we'll keep at it. But let's get into the, today's theme, which is endurance. And, you know, endurance could mean a lot to a lot of folks, physical endurance, mental endurance. And when we're kind of talking about this subject, it made me think about um, Roger Bannister, who broke the, the four-minute mile. And he, he did it. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when he did it, but what was most interesting about it is it was a feat that people said, oh, couldn't be done. And then very quickly, more and more people just broke it and broke it and broke it in kind of that mental endurance. Oh, I can do this. And now you're breaking records on the on the constant. So when we talk about endurance, let's not just think about the uh, physical aspect of endurance, which is cool. And I can't wait to get you guys' take on that. But also, you know, mental endurance is is really interesting as well. So, Sugar, let's get your take on endurance. Yeah, okay. Well, endurance is probably one of the biggest factor in MMA. You know, to fight for 15 minutes or 30 minutes is not a normal thing, considering that most fights last about 30 seconds. And that's a really long fight. Uh, in, in the street fight, that is. So going for 15 to 30 minutes is, is very hard when you got to give out, you know, different temples of energy. So we would uh, train so hard and bring our bodies to the point of complete exhaustion. And then we would then do our conditioning on top of that. And a lot of times, you know, we'll do like a nice, like two mile jog. And then we'll jog to like some point. And sometimes it was in the mountains. Uh, in the Sandia Mountains, or sometimes it was on the sand dunes. And at that point, that's when our training will begin. Uh, you know, it, 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 and it began that way because, like you talked about, man, there's this big connection between the physical and mental. But I feel like the big part of the physical, your physical gifts cannot be uh, accessed until you are able to mentally bring yourself to that point. And when you're getting to that point of feeling exhaustion, it's that conversation that you have with yourself that willingness to just go into that feeling and a lot of times when you get exhausted there's that self-preservation mode kicks in and you're just like okay and you want to slow down but that's when you got to keep on going when you keep on going once you get to the point of where you feel like you can't go no more that's when you get your second wind and when you get your second wind you can go forever and that's what i always try to do i will always try to get to the point where i got myself tired to where I felt my second wind kick in. When I'm warming up to get ready to walk off for a fight, my warm up would be one where I exert myself out early out. I would say probably about five fights before I fought, really got myself worked up really good where I had a nice heart rate, where I got myself tired. And then I will kind of cool down a little bit and just kind of keep it at that level. But I have to have a blowout because when you go out there and you fight, and you haven't had that blowout, you get you feel that tiredness and that tiredness that you feel can make can fool you to make you feel like you're more tired than you actually is. And it can make you go into a mode where you're kind of trying to preserve the rest of your energy. But it's it's a it's a it's a fool's thing because it fools you to make you feel as if like you got to go, you got to go. But the truth of the matter is that you got to just kind of wait for your second one to kick in. So. All the endurance training for us kicked in for us after we were dog dead tired. Mm. Who do you who do you think of when you think of endurance in the UFC? Is there a particular fighter who you're just like, oh man, that that dude's nonstop? Uh, Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen is a good example of that, and he works close with us at Umbo. But I love the way Corey fights because 
it's at a it's at a constant pace. He's constantly doing something. Whether he's in the dominant position or whether he's losing the position, he knows how to continuously flow. And I feel like that's what makes him so hard to deal with is the fact that he's always going. He's always fighting. He's always contesting something. And in the fight game, I don't need to be better at every single position, but I do need to contest you in every single position because if you can't handle being contested in every single position, at some point you're going to relent and then you're going to give in to me doing imposing my game so it's all about just being able to just outlast your opponent but more importantly put pressure on him to make it feel like he needs to do more yeah Corey Corey sanhagen is super special obviously he's part of uh umbo he's been uh he's been a real advocate for mushrooms and he's uh ufc's number one content creator so but yeah Corey definitely is uh definitive of endurance so great story rashad Snake, give us your take on a little bit of endurance. Yeah, it's interesting going to, you know, listening to, to Rashad and, and thinking about fighters who are all by themselves. They're on their own. They're their sole entity. They don't have a group of guys around them to, you know, like a football team would have where you can kind of gain a little energy from your teammates or have that bit of, bit of peer pressure when you're going through workouts. I know that I'm sure when you were training Rashad, you know, it helped to have guys working out with you, pushing you when you wanted to give up and quit. They were there to like, no, not now. You can, can you catch me? And I was just talking about this yesterday with uh, Damani Leach, the president of the Broncos. And like the guys during the off season, they hated, they hated Fridays because they all wanted to get out of town and go do their thing. But they even hated me more on Fridays because that's the day I was like, no, no, you're not going to cash this in and just show up and jog through your conditioning. And if we're running laps or if we're running 110s and we're conditioning and I'm beating you and your 40 time is 4-4, then I know you're going half-ass. So I would call them out. I would call them out in front of everybody and start pushing them because that peer pressure would help rise that the tide of like, hey, let's get through this. Let's push to where, like you said, second win. I mean, there were times in some football games that, that I got to my, my third, maybe fourth win where I didn't know if I could do it. And, and my style of play was scrambling around, running around like crazy. So there were some times where I'm like, I don't think I could call a play and run this thing. But somehow you get back in the huddle and that's where that mental toughness kicks in. I remember playing basketball in high school, our coach, Coach Charlie Henry, he was a hard-nosed coach. He always screamed, get your butt down. And his whole thing was defense, defense, defense. And I was our defensive stopper. I was a guy that had to you know, guard every other team's leading scorer. And one day in practice, I said, my feet are tired because I didn't close off baseline. And he said, There's, your, your feet don't think. It's your brain that's tired and not telling your feet to react. And so I, that really stuck with me that like when you get tired, physically exhausted, if you don't have mental endurance, if you don't have that mental toughness that you either gather through, you know, peer pressure or gather through your own willpower and your own desire to push through those moments when you cannot breathe, you don't want to get up, but you find a way to do it. That's really how you, you know, define endurance, you know, for me. And some people have, have the gift. Um, some people have the gift of, of having better endurance. You know, like my brother Brett has like crazy endurance. He can go into the mountains with an 85 pound pack and he can hike eight miles and come back and grab your pack and take it in. And 
Where does that come from? I think it comes from a deep-seated mental toughness, uh, the ability to, to shut off those voices in your head and push through. Um, he also was a runner, so he'd been on long runs and, and, and you know, gone through those moments of wanting to quit to where you get to that runner's high, where you feel that euphoria euphoric feeling from, from pushing through those, those boundaries into those third, fourth wins. And uh, there is really nothing better than that. When you find that juice in the fourth quarter or in overtime and, and push through and somehow pull it out, those are real powerful moments that, um, you know, stand out because it takes a lot of willpower, mental toughness to have endurance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a neandamine, that's the endogenous cannabinoid in your body that, they relate to runner's high anandamide. So, uh, you know, yep. I didn't know that was associated with a cannabinoid. Yeah. Wow. Your body produces endogenous cannabinoids and obviously CBD from the cannabis plant is a exogenous cannabinoid. So that's why it fits so well with us. You know, I have, I have one more memory that pops in. I remember a couple times in Arizona, me and about 25 other guys ran 110s in middle of June, and it was 115 out. And we ran like 18 110s. And that's like we were building not only physical endurance but major mental toughness to like push through that. And then there was a day on the 4th of July right around 2000 where I showed up to train and no one else came out. So me by myself ran with my trainer, Brett Fisher, at a local park, and it was like 115 degrees I would run my one, I would run whatever we were running. And then coming back, there was a sprinkler going about, you know, 20, 30 yards away. And I would just continue running. If I was running a 110, I'd run 140 all the way over and just stand in the sprinkler, wait my 35, 40 seconds. Then he'd blow the whistle and I'd take off again. And, you know, those were times I can remember standing out where I built my own endurance and mental toughness to fight through that fatigue, that, that, that heat and wanting to just say, done, I'm done. But yeah, you got to do that yourself. A lot of sweat going off you on those days, losing a lot of salt. So that'll be yes. a thing to chat about here really soon. But amazing stuff. Those are two fantastic stories. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Rashad. And now it's time to, to jump into some trivia, some Sugar Snake Showdown. Uh, and we're going to – these are, these are endurance-related questions, but – uh, they they kind of highlight the in, enduring qualities of the human spirit. These are some scenarios that are somewhat athletic related, but um, not entirely contained within the realm of sports. We're going to start with you, Jake. Um, yes. And here's our first. Bring it. Question. In 1914, Ernest Jake is ready and his 27-man crew embarked on the Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition intending to cross Antarctica. Their ship was trapped and destroyed by ice, leaving them to survive on ice flows for months before reaching Elephant Island via lifeboats. Shackleton and five others then journeyed 800 miles to South Georgia in a small boat to seek help, leading to the entire crew's survival. So that's the context. The question is, wow. what was the name of the ship? A, Discovery. B, Endurance, C, Terra Nova, D, Devotion. I'm going with C, Terra Nova. Uh, 
I know. I already know what it is. I know what it is. Rashad know knows what it is. Oh man, you should have a steal on that. And like, if you don't get it, you should get negative points or something because that's a tough question, dude. No, no, no yeah. negative for wrong answer. That ain't cool. But if you can get a steal, I think he, you all should have a right to steal. But how do we? Who who gets the chance to steal first? Well, well that's for, what I'm saying. Uh, if you miss it, Rashad, if you miss it, you get negative points. But we'll figure it out. What is it? Let's hear. It. Wait, what do you got, Rashad? I'm going to say B, Endurance. That's correct. Obviously, it's a, I, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking. This is like what our episode is about. Yeah. I thought Terranova sounded cool. I'm an idiot. What's crazy, they, they actually found the ship um, in uh, 2022. So it had been lost for more than 100 wow. years, and they were able to find it, and it was one of the – the most sort of uh, preserved shipwrecks they've ever found. Uh, so pretty crazy to the to the end of that that story there. But um, since since Jake's or since Rashad's warmed up now, um, I better get mine right. <laughs> yeah, here we go. In 1971, a plane carrying 17 year old Julianne Kopek, Kopecki, something like that, and her mother crashed in the Peruvian rainforest. Kwepke was the only survivor of the crash. Despite a broken collarbone and other injuries, she trekked through the jungle for 11 days until she found help. What caused the crash? Was it A, lightning strike, B, pilot error, C, mechanical failure, or D, mid-air collision? Um, I am going to say it was a... I am going to say uh, it was a lightning strike. Correct. Yes. Dang. Nice. I read this story. There's a book called Deep Survival. Uh, Very, very cool book about the the mentality of folks who survive, who survives and who doesn't, I think is like the second part of the book, but I remember this story. So good job. Yeah. Would you have, if this was your question, would you, did you know it was a lightning strike? Yeah. That's why I was kind of oh, doing, trying to assist my, my boy a little. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't endurance. It wasn't endurance. Okay. No, it was not. I still can't believe I missed that one. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> you know it could have been a head fake you would think wow why, why would he choose endurance that's too obvious you know mm-hmm. yeah but, uh, yeah that's what i was thinking right <laughs> <laughs> but all right all right this is for dell naomi james was the first woman to sail solo around the world via the cape of good hope in 1978 she endured harsh weather conditions, equipment failures, and the psychological toll of isolation, but managed to complete her journey in 272 days. Wow. How much sailing experience did she have? A, two years. B, 10 years. C, six weeks. D, three days. Oh, boy. It's one of those trick questions. I'm. I'm going to go with that mental endurance. I'm going to say six weeks. I, I think three days is just way too little. Six weeks is 
Meh. I'm going to go C, six weeks. Wow. Six weeks. Yes. Good guess. Yes. Dell securing 100 points. That takes you, if we're, we're treating these these last two episodes as a regular season, Dell, that, that you, you're pulling ahead now with 200 points. And that would leave Snake and Rashad at um, 100 points beneath you. We could do a running tally of, you know, all, all points over time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're pulling ahead. Right on. Yeah, I think we, we're, we're going to have to have a little structure because Jake is uh, kind of known for some comebacks. So sometimes maybe in his mind, he's got to have that mental endurance of what he's got to come up with, pull it out of the, the depths because right now he's getting beat. <laughs> he needs that obstacle. All right. It's first quarter. First quarter. Yep. Not a couple bad plays, but you just wait till the fourth quarter, baby. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Rashad's going to have to come from uh, behind too. It's still early. It's early. We got it. All right. Well, moving on with our community question. Every week we choose a question uh, from from the community. You know, you can you can ask your question to Rashad on his Twitter or Instagram. Same with Jake on his Twitter or Instagram. Or you can ask us on the Get Umbo Instagram. Um, and this week's question is for Jake and Rashad, and it's about your careers. Adrian Crows asked, are you satisfied with how your career turned out? Snake, wow. do you want to tackle this one? Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead. I think that's a great question. As a lot of, uh, a lot of players leave the game, a lot of athletes leave their sport, and we put so much uh, emphasis on winning championships or winning gold medals or holding the belt that I think what gets lost in that is the fact that you have achieved and, and risen up to the level of one of the top most prolific performers in the world in your chosen sport that we forget even if you don't you know, win these championships or even if you don't become a Hall of Famer or you don't uh, get re respected in everybody's you know uh, talks about being one of the best of all time or a goat. You still had a career. You still were excelling at the highest level, and uh, you know making making you know making breaking ground and going into places where most humans don't go. So for me, my career, hell yeah, it was a huge resounding success. Uh, I was only a champion in my junior year in high school as a state champ from the football team. Then you know at ASU. To go there with the idea we wanted to win a national championship and I wanted to turn help turn a program around. In four years, we played in what was deemed the national championship game. We lost to Ohio State, but we were there. You know, We put our minds to it and we made that happen and we got there. Even though we lost, we still were there. And then in the NFL, you know, some tough years in Arizona, a big year my second year four years without the playoffs and then coming here to Denver, knowing like this organization knows how to make it to the big dance. We played in the AFC championship game. So we, we didn't make it, but man, you know, how many people get that opportunity? Uh, so, you know, when I look back at my career, I almost got to three 30,000 yards passing in 10 seasons. Um, I threw 161 touchdowns and I also threw 161 interceptions. So, 
scratch right there and put me right at the top of, uh, you know, close to Hall of Fame numbers, minus having a championship. Uh, my career was off the chains, man. I, I, I feel like I'm as proud as I could be for all that I did to not only play the game and play it well and play with my heart, but to also affect and have a long lasting, you know, respect gained by not only my teammates and coaches, but other players, other opponents and other opponents, coaches that look at me. And, uh, you know, when I see them, you know, they got a lot of respect for how I carried myself. So that really is how I left the game uh, with my head held high, knowing that I could chase that dream for years and years and years and never get that Super Bowl. But I got pretty damn close, and uh, in the meantime, had a lot of fun doing it. Great response. How about you, Rashad? Are you satisfied with how your career turned out? Am I satisfied with how my career turned out? You know, that was something that it took a long time for me to kind of be satisfied with it. And, and, a, and a big part of the reason why is because I felt as if, like, I left a lot out. You know, I still had some stuff in the basement, but... You know, when I look back on things and I look on how um, how everything turned out, I'm very I'm very proud of my career. I'm very proud of the fact that I got to face the best fighters of my time and I beat most of them. I beat most of them. And for me, that is uh, is something I set out to do. I set out to be remembered in the sport and I have accomplished that. You know, I was a UFC world champion. Um, you know, was the ultimate fighter champion, you know, uh, and I was part of some great MMA teams, one in which I started, uh, the Black Zillions, which went on to produce a bunch of champions, Kamaru Usman, you know, uh, Gilbert Burns, you know, you know, Luke Vincente, you know, really good guys, you know, I had the opportunity to, to help groom and really have a good help in helping launch their career and, and getting them to where they are. When I look at the game right now, I can look at like a tapestry of just different fighters that I've helped out and that I've been able to be that person for them that made a difference in their lives and made a difference in their career. And to me, that that's, that's everything to me because nothing stays gold forever. But people never forget the way you make them feel. People never forget the impact that you made in their lives. And being able to make that impact in people's lives, as well as have a great career as myself, has left me feeling very fulfilled with my career. That's a nice answer, Rashad. You know, I think knowing you well, we both put our heart and soul into everything we did. And that's where we can rest with uh, feeling good about our careers because we know we weren't going 80%. We were going 100% every time and putting our true authentic essence and being into every moment. So that's how I rest easy is knowing that I, I didn't half-ass it ever. Yeah. Even in off-season conditioning, I was putting it down because that's what I did. So same with you. So yeah. Yeah, you had a great career. Thank you. You too, my brother. Right on. Yeah, I appreciate the, the sentiment around, you know, it's how you make people feel. And I think the two of you, every time I'm with you, people come up to you, you, you could tell they see you and, and you always are so kind to, to every each of you are so kind to people when when they come up to you. And it's, that's really important, man. I really, I really appreciate you two on that on that level. And uh, I think people will always remember that more than anything. So right on. Well, cool. Guys, that is another episode in the bag. 
that was a lot of fun. Really starting to enjoy these, starting to flow really well. So uh, hopefully we'll keep we'll keep at them and keep uh, putting these out so you have a little little something to listen to on your way to work or way home or whenever, wherever you are. So Snake, Sugar, Mike, appreciate you guys all so very much. And, uh, yeah, let's do it again soon. Peace out. Peace, love, and mushrooms. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>